Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, here's the thing. If at the end of the day, our no is wrong and it should be a yes, let's talk about it. Like, let's mm. let's go there. And I might have misjudged your time, your resources, your creativity. You might have a relationship with someone who can make that that no turn into a yes, but we need to talk about it. It's good communication. Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can be the authentic, empowered you that this world needs. For those of you returning, welcome back. We're humbled and happy you've decided to continue on this journey with us. And we're so grateful for all the amazing feedback we've already received from you. For those who are new, welcome and thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you here. Feel free to jump in with this episode, but be sure to go back and listen to our first episode to learn why we're here. Quick reminder, while Sarah is a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, we welcome you on this journey, but also invite you to seek out professional help. Go to this episode's page on our website and click the link to find a therapist near you. With that said, let's get started. I'm so excited to introduce our first guest. Gail Palmer is the CEO, that's Chief Event Organizer, of Palmer Event Solutions a Cleveland, Ohio-based event strategy company that specializes in producing events with nonprofit organizations. Gail is also a certified special events professional and the immediate past president of ILEA, the International Live Events Association, Cleveland chapter. With nearly 20 years of experience, Gail has done it all, designing, planning, implementing, and fixing events for nonprofit, corporate, and private clients from New York to Alaska, Yes, Alaska. She worked for the state's largest event planning company and helped plan Alaska's 50th anniversary of statehood. She's worked in hotel and hospitality management, travel and tour management, destination planning, and even has a background in theater design. Full disclosure, Palmer Event Solutions is one of my clients, and I've known Gail for about two or three years. From the very beginning, I knew I wanted Gail on the podcast as our first guest for a couple of reasons. The first is because she developed her whole business around one very big no, and I find that fascinating. During our conversation, I think you'll agree that defining her mission by saying no is a great example for all of us. The second reason, well, we'll get into it. Gail Palmer, thanks for joining us. 
Hey, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm excited for you. Well, thanks. It's been a real adventure, right, Sarah? It has been, and we are thrilled to have you with us. Well, I'm thrilled so, to be here. Well, great. Um, I really appreciate you uh, taking a chance on a couple of newbies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a uh, big uh, fan of podcasts in general, so it, it's actually quite an honor to, to be able to help you get launched Hopefully in a in a great way. So yeah. let's see what happens we today. Think so <laughs> okay, so let's just start with some background. Tell us about how you got into event planning and, and what led you to start your own business. Um, so event planning, you know, it's interesting. Today I think you can actually go to college and get a degree in it, but that didn't exist uh, when I went to college. And uh, and instead I found myself uh, during my time in college spending a lot of time in the theater. And so when I think back on like why event planning, how did I land here? I think it all actually started with theater. Um, and actually it was my time as a stage manager. And so stage managers for theaters have a lot to do with details. A lot, a lot, a lot of details. Yeah. And I had this great mentor, Terry Janney, um, when I was at Thompson Theater at North Carolina State University. Hyper detail focused just like really got my brain to like see the importance of each little thing that that we did, we said, we wrote down, we communicated. And at the end of the day, uh, bringing those works to life was like a huge collaboration. You had, you know, from the playwright and producers to the directors, designers, actors, technicians. Um, and at the end of the day, the audience coming together, like as the stage manager, you were kind of the glue that held all of that together. And I think that that's what I love best about events now is that I get to be the glue that holds together all of these amazing people's efforts that results in a great guest experience. And so we do it right. We get some applause at the end. Wow. Yeah, I never really thought about that. The two are very similar. You're sort of orchestrating this giant event and do over you... and over. Do you like being behind the scenes in all of it? Or, I mean, explain, I'm curious about that. Oh, I love being behind the scenes. Uh, it's a place where I get to help others shine. And so whether it's extracting a client's vision um, or like helping the, the caterer produce the best menu possible, not because they don't already cook well, that's, that's what they're, they're the best at, right? They're good at producing amazing food. But maybe it's finding that little detail or that nuance that makes the meal tie into the greater mission or tie into the greater design that night. And we get to be behind the scenes kind of helping to orchestrate that to come together. Um, I yeah, love I, I love hearing that because it's like, I mean, it, it truly takes a village. We talk about this a lot in motherhood, right? But we mm -hmm. have to highlight other people's strengths in order for us to really have the best team. Absolutely. And letting other people be the best at what they're the best at is what I am the best at, right? I am very good at helping other people shine in their role because ultimately that will lead to the best event possible. Um, so that's, I think for me, event planning, it's, I say jokingly, it's all about the applause, but it's not because the applause is for me. It's because the applause is for everyone. The applause is for a job well done by so many to arrive at something enjoyed by a room full of people. I wish that our listeners, Gail, could see your face right now. So those of you Great. listening, like the passion beaming. that is, yeah, beaming out of Gail as she talks about this, it's it's amazing. You, you're simply amazing. 
She's Thank so you. full of energy. This is this is Gail. This is yes. every time I talk with her, I feel energized. So that's why I was like, she's got to be the first guest. Yeah, it's <laughs> contagious. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you get from theater then to events? Like, how did you make that transition? I honestly, um, I did an internship in college that was uh, helping the Spring Jazz Arts Festival in Raleigh, North Carolina, come to life, which led to another internship, uh, which was producing the. Um, citywide celebration for kids as a part of first night raleigh um and so basically you know at the end of the day it was i owned a piece of a larger event in producing a smaller event within the event right and so that's how i kind of got my feet wet and then over time um i just kept coming back to events um i actually ran a theater company a nonprofit theater company uh was my first job out of college um but you know life takes you places um i'm a sagittarius so i like to travel uh, so I ended up doing touring theater and then touring theater led to, I think, just even greater wanderlust. Uh, and before I knew it, I was living in Alaska um, and I'll I'll spare you the long story because it, it's a long one. Um, <laughs> but I was actually working in uh, hospitality uh, at the time and I got headhunted by the state's largest event planning company because they needed a stage manager for an event. They needed someone um. to bring the event planner's vision to life. This was going to be the first time in 19 years of working with one particular client that he was going to be out of country at the time of their event. And I think that he just wanted to make sure he was entrusting it to someone who could protect his vision. As a stage manager, that's what I did. I protected the director's vision. And so I was able to go in, do that for his client, for him, for his company. I think it took about a year of talking and negotiating, but he eventually pulled me away from what I was doing. Um, and I went to, to work for him. He told me, he said, Gail, I might not pay you as much as they do, but I will change your life forever. And he did. It changed my life forever. It was amazing. Isn't it so crazy how you you have your eye on a certain thing or you think you're going a certain way and then all of a sudden something just comes out of left field but when you have the passion and you know, you just, you take the risk and you take the leap and then look what it did for you. Yeah. So that gave me the foundation I needed. Um, I know, Heather, you asked earlier, like, why my own company? Um, I think after working for that company in Alaska, I had a hard time imagining going to work for someone else. And so uh, a move actually led me to opening my own company leaving the state of Alaska. I actually uh, worked remotely for them for a while. Um, but then once I landed in Cleveland, I was, wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to find my next. And in looking around at the city and looking around at all the possible places I could have gone to work, I just kept coming back to know. I didn't want to work there. I didn't want to build what they were building. And it's not that what they were doing wasn't good. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I decided to start my own company and and really start to laser focus what I was doing on not all segments, but one segment of the industry. What got you to a place where you were able to truly listen to that inner voice and to believe this is not what I want, so I'm not going to do that. This is the path that I am on. Like, can you help us understand that? I think I was blessed in making that move from Alaska, I had a lot of uh, miles on the road to drive. And so I was able to spend a lot of time with my own thoughts. Um, and I was doing a fair amount of 
I won't call it soul searching, but just I knew I was going to need a new job eventually. <laughs> so <laughs> I was doing a fair amount of kind of searching for what that would be. And I don't remember exactly uh, what webinar I stumbled upon. Um, I don't know. Can I name names? Yeah. Is that okay? Sure. I remember yeah. it was a webinar from a, a, an organization called badassbusinesswoman.org or .com. I don't actually remember. It's been quite a while now. Sounds like my um, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and what I got from that particular workshop was like, it was about don't create work and then hope to create a life from the work. Create the life that Ooh, you good. want and then figure out how to create work that will make that life possible. Right. And so that was my big takeaway. So I knew that I needed to start my own company in order to frame the life I wanted to lead with a company that would support me in leading that life. A little deep there. I think that's kind of the mindset I took when I started my own company too. It was just, I, I wasn't happy working for others and the joke is I was unemployable, but I really, it wasn't that it was more just, I wasn't satisfied with the situation I was in. And I really wasn't the, those employers that were out there weren't the right fit for me as much as I wasn't for them. And it just made sense to just, well, I'm just going to do this myself. Yeah. And, and I connected so well when we met for the first time. Sorry, <laughs> Sarah, I didn't mean to cut you No, off. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, I can relate completely. You know, some joke about it. You know, I just like to be in control, which is very true. I'm a recovering, you know, control We're all raising here. our hands here. <laughs> right. Um, but the reality is, you know, having three tiny humans, knowing the life that I want, having a flexible schedule going out on my own was one of the scariest things that I could have done, but it's mm -hmm. one of the best things because Gail, in um, addition to that, you know, wonderful quote that you had shared, if we want the life that we, we want to live our best life, right? Like that's that big saying that big, mm -hmm. but in order to do that, you have to take the leap and you have to believe in yourself and that see that vision and make the, those choices. Absolutely. And, and I want to do it in the beginning. I wanted to do it for myself over time. What I learned was that I wanted to do it for others. I wanted to create the kind of company that other people would be as passionate about working for because we would honor the life they want to build for themselves and also figure out how to structure our business and structure our time and all the things that we needed to do to make that possible. So I'm, I'm grateful that I have that. So, so one big no you had was, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to live my best life, but there's another big no. This is the one I really want to talk about, which might seem a little crazy to some people when they hear you're an event planner, but then there's this big no. So why don't you tell us about that and how it defines your mission? Cause your mission is very simple and clear, which it I love. Very simple and clear. And I think there's actually kind of two no's at the heart of it. Um, and I'll start with the first no. The first no that I knew when I built my company was I did not want to be a company of stuff. I didn't want to have a warehouse and a truck. I didn't want to be a caterer turned event planner. I didn't want to be a florist turned event planner. I didn't want to be a prop master turned event planner. I didn't want to be a technology company turned event planner. I wanted to be an event planner that didn't start as any of those things. 
and therefore didn't own any of those things. Because what I wanted to do was be able to help people, help good people plan great events. And that's actually the mission that we landed on, helping good people plan great events. And to really truly help them, I believed in my heart of hearts, I had to be able to say that every idea I bring to you, every quote, every estimate, every whatever, the stuff belongs to someone else. I don't have a vested interest in who you pick. I have a vested interest in getting you to the right solution. So I was also very intentional in naming my company. We're not Palmer event planners or event organizers or event consultants, even though that's more what we do is serve as consultants, but we're Palmer event solutions. We help good people plan great events. Um, I think the the bigger no that that led to, that maybe you're alluding to, yeah. is that we're not wedding planners. We're not corporate holiday party planners. We're not like, if you come to us and you're like, we heard you're the best event planning team possible. Will you help us with this? And the this that you ask us to help with is not good people planning great events. It's not a nonprofit trying to live out their best mission. You know, it's not falling somewhere within that zone. Then it doesn't matter what the ticket price is. It doesn't matter what the contract price is. Like we're going to say thank you, but no. However, we, but we have a good solution idea for you and you should talk to so-and-so. <laughs> so what got you to a point? Because I mean, that's, that's so interesting for me to hear that you're this great event planner. However, you don't do weddings. Or corporate. Or corporate. Yeah. I mean, I think that it comes down at the end of the day to you can either choose to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, can you be good? Sure. But if you want to be the best, if you want to build the best, greatest, most amazing event, for a nonprofit, since that's who we've chosen chosen to serve, then you better laser focus on figuring them out and understanding them as your market. And you can't be planning a wedding today and a nonprofit event tomorrow because the mindset is different. The timeline is different. The, the place that you have to put yourself or rather where you have to put yourself in their shoes, you need to understand their shoes. And the nonprofit sector, I think, gets overlooked so very often I just wanted, I wanted to do what I love to do best, which is plan events, helping other people do what they love to do. I am never going to go drill a well in Uganda, but I have a client who is passionate about doing that. And I help make that possible by helping them plan great events that can drive revenue into their fundraising campaigns so they can go drill wells in Uganda. Sure. So what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, it's so important to have like your niche. And so rather than doing something broad, and yeah, you'd be able to, um, you know, give them what they need, but you wouldn't be as invested. And what I'm really gathering is it wouldn't feel so good. Like you wouldn't get that instant, you know, gratification by doing this. You would be getting by or just going through the motions rather than letting your passion really shine through when you're the expert in that one area. Very true. And, and also it feels a little bit like it would be just doing it for the money. Like, and that's not why I do what I do. It's not just about the money. Like, yes, I want a sustainable company. Yes. I want a livelihood that can grow and 
you know, bring additional event professionals into the fold, but it's not about the money at the end of the day. It's good people have great missions that they want to see be successful and they need events to be a part of their strategy. And I want to help with that part. I want to help them have the greatest events possible so they can keep their mission going strong. And Heather, I, I can, I get this sense from you as well, from conversations we've had and Gail, you hit the nail on the head. Like when we shift our mindset and when we focus on our passion and we don't focus on the dollar amount, that's when we truly become successful. And the dollars will follow. Let, let me be clear. Yes. You still have to be a strong-minded business person who's willing to right. negotiate and put a contract together. All of those things have to be there. But you don't have to make it first and foremost about those things. You right. can first make it about helping good people. And if you right. do it and you do your best job possible, they will want you to work for them. They will want to hire you. They will want to keep you on their pay or their contract record, if you will, even during a pandemic. Right. Well, and more times than not, clients that I work with, they have a tendency, they have all of this money, but they're not happy. And so when you are able, again, to focus on that, your passion, what you love to do when you lead with your heart, then the other things will fall into place and it will seep into all other areas of your life. You're going to have a better home life. You're going to have a better relationship with yourself. Your kids are going to experience you, your spouse at such a, a better level than just like you were saying, going through the motions and feeling unfulfilled. Sarah, I know your your podcast listeners can't um, see me, but I am nodding my head yes the entire time you are talking. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I found that there have been times when opportunities have come along and people really tried to pressure me into saying yes to a certain project and it just didn't feel right. And and it was a struggle and really difficult. And I would say, you know, I just, I think I'm going to pass on this one. Mm -hmm. And literally the next day, the right opportunity would come. And yeah. because I left room for it, I could recognize it right away. It felt good. It was in our wheelhouse. I know we can do this in the time allotted. You had the time do for it. Do a great it. job. Yeah, I've made room for it. And I feel like I, I talk about other people driving the bus, right? I want to drive this bus. And so I, I'm if I let people fill up the bus with stuff I don't want to do and you know send me off in directions I'm not really comfortable with, then I'm just lost you know so I just it's hard and it's scary sometimes because yeah. you wonder like am I making the right choice here to, to not bring on this contract but then invariably I find the right thing does come and I've yeah. got room for it so it, and I, I think it's the anticipation of that no because again we don't want to disappoint anyone we don't right. want to feel like oh shoot we don't want to beat ourselves up thinking like I should have done that like don't should on yourself right but <laughs> you know and Heather you know going back to our very first pilot episode with that no tracker sheet like the beginning no the first time that you say no like it's going to feel uncomfortable it's hard mm -hmm. but you have to practice Practice, just like anything right. if you want it's a muscle exactly and you have to strengthen that muscle by yeah practicing and the no's don't have to be negative so I think some people right. might be afraid of a no because they feel like it's a negative but no's lead to yeses mm. no's lead to having as you said Heather having the space to say yes to something that is the right fit they lead right. to the best choices 
and the things that make your heart sing and that you are going to then be more passionate about doing. So you're going to do a better job. You're going to care more. And like, it's going to be this never ending cycle that feeds back into itself. And as you learn from, I'm sorry, go ahead. ahead, Well, I was just going to say that as humans, we have to allow ourselves to sit in that uncomfortable, being uncomfortable because more times than not, the comfortable thing would be, yes, there's the, the price I'd get for this. I, you know, it's not unknown. It's right there sitting in front of me. But when we say no to something, it's going to feel uncomfortable. We're going to have to wrestle with it, but then we're able to move forward. I'm sorry, Heather, go on. That's okay. I think what you said is much more insightful than what I was going to say. So. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> we're a good team. That's right. <laughs> yin yin. So, do you ever have moments that you doubted that decision, Gail? Or in the beginning, did you, were you nervous? Like, how did you handle it? How did you deal with it? I, I still doubt it sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do I ever have moments where I'm nervous about it? Or, or was I? Yes. I mean, especially when you're trying to start something new. It's like, well, if I say no to this, like, at what point do I not have enough business coming right, in? Right. right. At what point have I said no too much? Um. And there are times also where like, you don't want to let people down. Right. That's um, me. There's also sometimes, <laughs> there's also sometimes though where, and this is going to, this might go down a little bit of a different path, but there are times where the immediate reaction might be no. And if you think a little bit longer about it, maybe it shouldn't be no. And, and the reason I say that is because like you said earlier, we're not wedding planners. We're not, we're not a wedding planning company. Did we do a wedding last year? Yes. One. We did a wedding last year because a good person, a board member of one of our nonprofits said, I don't want a wedding planner, but I want you to plan our event. I don't want a traditional wedding planner. Like I want Palmer Event Solutions to plan the kind of event for us that you would plan for us as a client. It was a good fit. Right. So I think you also have to be willing to say like, check your no, right? Just check your no for a second. Um, But I think that that's, Gail, that is such a great point that you brought up because it is always important that we remind ourselves, you, yes, you want to stick to that goal, but you have to be flexible with your approach. And as we're talking a lot about boundaries, so often people get so rigid with boundaries and they forget that you can change your mind. Like th- you have permission to change your mind and that's okay. Self-imposed. Yes. Yeah. Actually, you've been saying that to me for the past few weeks, Sarah, and I, I keep hearing your voice saying, you can change your mind. It's okay to change your mind. Yeah. And I, I feel so freed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I do feel like, um, yeah, I'm working so hard to stay on this path that sometimes you want, you know, you kind of get stuck in it and you kind of have to be, I guess the key is mindfulness. You just have to be mindful mm-hmm. of your mission and your purpose and what you're doing. Yeah. And just be in your moment. I Absolutely. You know, um, he says, or every time you second guess yourself, just in the last like seven days, an RFP, that's a request for proposal, hit my inbox. And I took one look at it. And my first reaction was like, oh, yeah. And then my second reaction was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then I had to just like go through all the things and it's like it's actually something I love it's a client I would love to work for it's a thing I would like to do 
simply to respond to the RFP would have been all consuming. I mean, it was big, but it would have been all consuming at a time when I had two clients with live events in the next seven days. Oh boy. And so you also have to check yourself and say, does saying yes to this go back and say no to something I've already agreed to do? And like, we have two events on the calendar. We have a lot to do. We need to get them done. They're virtual events, by the way. We're not breaking the rules. No, Gail is <laughs> actually Gail has actually innovated all kinds of um, virtual events in the past several months. I invite you to look at her beautiful website that this really great marketing agency designed. <laughs> uh, to... Why, thank you. That was so clever. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, but uh, to, to, she, there's a really interesting post about these four events that she's done recently. So anyway, sidetrack. Um, and Gail, I wanted yeah. to jump back around to what you were saying, because there's a couple tips that I think our listeners need to hear when it comes to this. So first of all, you do not want to make a permanent decision on temporary emotions. And yes. because of that, it's really important and go old school, like a pros and cons list. Make oh, yeah. a pros and cons list of what are the pros of saying yes, what are the cons of saying yes, what are, you know, kind of do it that way. And then I am a big component. This is something that I do with a lot of clients I work with is I literally draw out a parking lot. Okay. And mm. then you take a post-it. You write down whatever it, big decision, something that's on your mind, whatever it is, park it in that parking spot. Park it. You see it. It's there. You're not ignoring it, but you have to take time. Allow yourself to park it. Emotions can kind of come down a little bit. And then when you're ready, you unpark it. You you back it out. That's and, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and I was going to say before you mentioned parking lot, which I really like, by the yeah. way, um, you know, don't forget to sleep on it. Um, and especially if it's the thing that kind of your that's top of mind for you, as you say, park it, write it down, get it on paper. The visual um, in us. You know, you're, <laughs> oh yeah. But also your brain has this amazing ability to like think on the things that you need to think on when you're not thinking about anything else and when you're sleeping. And, uh, I know for me, um, a lot of times when there's a big decision, it's, you know, write it down, set it aside, park and put it in the parking lot. <laughs> sleep on it and then come back the next day and you're often like waking up with the answer that feels you know best to you and side note never make a decision if you are exhausted or if you're hungry mm. if you're hungry <laughs> if you're oh, hungry no hangry exactly. no hangry decisions no hangry decisions oh that's a good one yeah yeah i do that's i brilliant. do believe in let putting a pin in the, i always say let's put a pin in it or put on my bulletin board and I just think about it for a while and and you're right you just you know you walk your dog you do your dishes you do, you know you you live your life and the answer comes to you it either sits right in your stomach or it doesn't and I I love this conversation because our listeners are going to relate to one of us maybe all of us but so for Heather put a pin in it for Gail sleep on it and for me <laughs> park it <laughs> I love Use it. whatever works, right? Um, There's not one size does not fit all. So you right. got to figure out what works for you. I do love the parking lot, though. I'm a big post-it note girl. So that yeah. really appeals to I me. I kind of want to draw a parking I know, on my whiteboard. Like, you know what? Like, Let's design it. Put it on my wall. Yeah. And I'll, I'll have the template that I use with clients yeah. and I'll put that in the show notes. Oh, I love it. 
Perfect. That's awesome. Perfect. Um, so, Gail, when you're working with clients and you're getting into the nitty-gritty of, of planning events, what kinds of no's do you regularly find yourself having to say? Oh, we have a, we have a kind of a laundry list, uh, oh. <laughs> but I'll start with, oh yeah, I, I, it sounds funny. Like everyone wants to be like the yes man, but that's not our job. Our job is to say yes to the things that make the most sense, but it's not to say yes to everything because when you're planning an event, all those people who are involved in the process, especially when you are planning a nonprofit event, you have even more people involved in the process. You have not only internal stakeholders and staff, you have board members, you have donors, you, the, lo- the list is long. The number one thing we'll say no to is anything that's a safety concern. That's a hard no. If something is going to put guest safety at risk, if it's going to put entertainer safety at risk, if it's going to put the crew that's working the event safety at risk, hard no. Part of the reason it was so easy, I think, um, when the pandemic hit to kind of jump on board the going virtual for a while because, um, you know, I'm also a part of the Event Safety Alliance. I helped with the Safe Reopening Guide, which was a huge collaborative effort. Me, very tiny, tiny cog. Um, but uh, but it's like, no, guest safety has to be number one. Otherwise, I don't want to do what I do. I don't want to plan an event where that is at risk. But beyond that, fun factor interference. <laughs> so sometimes uh, there can be ideas for an event that might seem good, but they're really not fun at the end of the day. And so I like to be a gentle no on those um, because if events aren't fun, then who's going to want to attend them? Um, what would an example of that and, be? Not, not giving oh away anyone's goodness. identity, of course. Oh, I'll go with a simple one right now. So let's say we were uh, tomorrow to be approved to have a, events for up to 100 people. Would it be fun to wear a mask to an event mm. and have a glass of wine? Mm, not so much. Yeah. So, you know, so maybe I'm going to say no to wine. Like, if you want to have the event, let's get together. But not so fun to, like, be wearing a mask and then have a drink in your hand. Um, So it's probably a very all-too-relevant example just because of the pandemic. But uh, some other things. uh, Since we service nonprofits, if something's off-mission, if it doesn't feel right, uh, if something's going to create a lot of waste and we have a client whose mission is about being environmentally friendly, we're going to say no to things that are more wasteful and look for things that are more on mission. Um, and also like anything that's like an unrealistic use of time, creativity, focus. We all have a limited amount of that. We have a limited amount of time. We have a limited amount of creativity in a day. We have a limited amount of focus. And so if something's going to distract all the key players in planning an event, um, because of the amount of time it pulls away or the amount of focus it pulls away, then we're, we're going to, again, gently suggest that no might be the thing to say here um, so that they can, again, laser focus, keep their attention on that which they need to keep it on to be most successful, um, bringing it back to whatever their why is. And Gail, I'm um, going to pause for a second mm-hmm. because I think our listeners also need to hear that you really have to identify, like, is this serving me? Or is it draining? Mm -hmm. And so especially when you're, you know, looking at the big picture, like, yes, it might seem really exciting and might be a great opportunity, but how much time do you have to invest in something like that? How much energy do you have to invest? Because again, in the way, um, you know, I'm coming from 
uh, the scope that I work with clients, I come from a systemic perspective, meaning that I look at the whole family system. And so there's so many systems, whether you're in the work environment, you have your system there, you have your home environment, um, your friend environment. So if this is going to be life sucking, then it, it's got to be a hard no. Well, and what you said there, Sarah, was like, is this serving me? Is this draining me? Replace me with organization, right. and that's my approach in those event scenarios. Mm -hmm. Is this serving the organization? Is this draining the organization? Um, as you say, if, if if you say yes to either one of those, then it needs to be a no to the thing that, that we're talking about. Wow. And do you find that because people have hired you and they respect you as the, the strategist, I mean, do you have to convince people that it's a no, or are they pretty generally some sometimes it it's all uh uh sarah you might have the word for this people dynamics <laughs> it's all about uh, interpersonal sure. like you sell it every client is different <laughs> every group of people is different so you know sometimes i have a client i've developed enough rapport with that i can just look at them in the face even if it's through zoom and say so i'm gonna get real with you <laughs> and then just tell them like it is and others, we might lead with questions. So if you were asked to attend an event and you were asked to do X, Y, and Z, would you think that that was fun? Would you think that was engaging? And we take them on a thought journey so that they can arrive at their own answer. So I like that approach. You don't always just, Put yeah, yourself it, in it all depends on, yeah. Look, here's the thing. If at the end of the day, our no is wrong and it should be a yes, let's talk about it. Mm. Like, let's let's go there. I might have misjudged your time, your resources, your creativity. You might have a relationship with someone who can make that that no turn into a yes, but we need to talk about it. It's good communication. I love that. Love that. Okay, so Gail, what other kinds of no's or boundaries have you had to set as a small business owner? Like what kinds of demands or distractions have you learned to remove from your life? Uh, that's a great question. I think one of the, the first no's I had early on excuse me, was a uh, no meeting Monday. Um, ironically, I, I think it. we're recording this on a Monday night. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, a no Monday all, yeah, I'm no Monday mornings. Always exceptions. Yeah. Um, always exceptions. And, and I will actually say this goes back to what we talked about being fluid. Um, no meeting Monday when the pandemic hit became no meeting Friday. Because we found that uh, our brain capacity, yeah. uh, by the week, time we got to the end of the week, we were not on like our best game. And so we needed to shut down Fridays to meetings and, and instead be fresh on Monday for meetings. But I love um, that. But, but the idea being. I'm sorry, Gail. I love that self-awareness yeah. and the fact that we have to pivot and we constantly have to mm -hmm. be, you know, looking at the season that we're in. And then deciding mm -hmm. what is best for us during that season. And then, you know, reevaluating when the time comes. Absolutely. So, so the whole point of a no meeting Monday, or if it's a no meeting Friday or a no meeting Wednesday, whatever day it is, it's about saying no to meetings one day a week so that you can do all the things that you often find you don't have time to do that, whether it's growing your business putting your head down and working on a, a detailed project that needs your focus, deciding this is my creative writing day, what, whatever it is, you just need a day where you can count on it. And if you let that be fluid, you will constantly drop meetings into your calendar. But if you just say no meeting Monday, 
it's written into half of our contracts. It's part of our conversation with our clients up front. Be flexible in meeting with you. We don't meet on Mondays. I, you, I love that you write that be. in the contract. Yeah. Boy, I'm we just like to be very clear. Now. <laughs> if, if you guys could see me, I'm making notes of this. Because you are. I, I, see I truly, I think it's so important because we feel the need to be everything yeah. for everyone. And, and then available all the time. 100%. Yeah. And we have to have a boundary around, you know, and that probably gives you, does it just like give you the biggest sigh of relief when you're like, okay, I know on Monday I have this time, all of those things in the yes. parking lot that I parked, I can then take out and I can move back to it. Oh, look at that. Oh, we're looking so at a giant visual, guys. You guys. You're listening. Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait I'm taking a picture of this with my phone right now. I love okay. it. So what, what your listeners can't see is I'm holding up my brain dump board. And I, I will honestly say I don't do this every no meeting day. But like when I'm starting to feel like, oh, I things are getting pretty intense. Like I need to kind of get things out of my head and then focus on super productive work. I know I have one day every week where I can do that. And, and the best part too is, sure, it's no meeting Monday. But if you have a true emergency and you have a client who has a true emergency, guess what? You have one day a week that's easy to schedule. Right. You can say, hey, you've got seven people you need to get together for this meeting. Pick any time on Monday. You tell me I'll be there. Right, because now you're free. Talk you're about that time. Talk about clients appreciating the fact that they know it's your no meeting day and they know you're making it available to them and that you're giving them carte blanche access to schedule. Like you're removing a barrier and a challenge. Like you're making their job easier to get something done that is that important. So. I love that. And I don't know, I'm terrible with this. I'm not exactly sure who said this quote, but it's that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's so, so important that, you know, going into it, like it's part of your contract, which I think is just amazing. Any of you out there, this might be something to note moving forward. But <laughs> this whole thing that, you know, if you want to be successful, if you want to be able to really, um, you know, serve people the way you need to, you have to make time to plan that time, whether it's for admin time or maybe even a little bit of like self-care for you to just regroup from all the craziness. It's so important to be mindful, structured, and planful. Yeah, I've been doing Absolutely. something similar, sort of. Um, well, I, I have terms and conditions in my that I give to all my clients, and it sets boundaries in terms of when people can contact us. So we're available from 9 to 5. You know, you can access us 24 hours a day with email. But, you know, I don't want phone calls and texts at, you know, 7 a.m. or 10 p.m., unless it's an emergency, and then I'm fine. But, you know, I kind of set a little bit of boundaries, but I love the idea of we don't we don't plan meetings on a certain day. I love that. I've been doing mm -hmm. time blocking, and I've been starting my days later um, than normal. I've been working more mm -hmm. like 11 to 7 because I'm dealing with, you know, post-cancer treatment and recovery, and I, mornings are very difficult for me, and I just know I'm not going to be at my best. So I, I do not allow for any meetings before 11 o'clock. Um and I felt guilty about it at first, but honestly, it's working. And I feel like, you know, I'm still putting in the work day and I'm still available to my clients. So it's. And those no's make room for your yeses. Right. 
Right. They they make room for you to say yes to getting the work done and getting it done right. well. And right. you teach so. people how to treat you. And it's so important right. that you lay out the the boundary, the expectation, so that then it's clear to the other person. Because other people, it's not like they're meaning to cross a boundary. They just don't right. know what they don't know that you don't have meetings on Monday. So they're throwing out just Monday, you know, times and they right, don't know right. unless you tell them. Right. Yeah. Right. So true. You uh, said something earlier and I just wanted to touch on it real quick, but you said something earlier about a parking lot and we actually have a parking lot. It's just not quite the same as yours. I'd love to hear about um, it. Yeah. So our parking lot is uh, the line in the sand that we draw for our clients for no new ideas. Um, and we actually call it that we call it no new ideas. So you get a lot of creative people together, planning events and the ideas just keep coming. And there comes a point at which we need to implement what we have decided upon. We need to implement what good ideas we already have. And so we actually say, look, let's just no new ideas. Today's the day we're going to build a parking lot and we're going to take all these good ideas and we're going to put them there and save them for next year. So the next time we're planning your event, we'll go back to the parking lot. We'll see what those ideas were, but we've reached it. No new ideas. So what I hear you saying, and I am like beaming because I think that this is such an amazing idea, is that what I hear you saying, Gail, is when we work with people who are creative or if we ourselves are creative, we can become so tangential that we just go on tangents and tangents and tangents and then we're not being productive and so by Mm -hmm. having a parking lot you're then able to say okay these are the things that we are focusing on everything else we are going to save and we'll go back to it at another time but it's not it's not allowing us to be productive in this space we're in yes so cool love it I, I, yeah, I could apply that in my business as well. I can I mean, apply that in my every had, day. The day before a website <laughs> launches, right? I yeah. have every tab open at all times. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So many times right before a project launches, they're like, oh, can we add this? Can we add, th-? you know, yeah, I could. But, you know, so I've lately I've got no new yeah, ideas. I like that. Let's make yeah, a parking just, lot yeah. and just yeah. we'll keep them safe for later. Launch that part later. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um. Any other no's or boundaries you've had to set as a business owner? Are those the the top ones you wanted to touch on? I think those are the big ones. So the second reason I wanted to talk to you about about no and all this stuff is that you played a pivotal role in me getting this concept. Um, You were there when I really made my first big no. It was kind of in the midst of chaos. I don't know if you remember this, but we were both working in our co-working space Mm-hmm. And I was in the midst of this family drama, which I've touched on in our earlier episode where there was, you know, my, my uncle was in the hospital and I was dealing with, with all of that. And then my business was growing and, but I was still, I still was sort of straddling the fence of having my own business, but also had my toe dipped in the waters of another agency and I was helping them out with something. And they were just not being understanding about what was going on. And they were pressuring me to do work that really wasn't that big of an emergency um and they were just not being patient and I just I couldn't handle it there was just too much going on and so I went off into what they call a phone booth which is just a soundproof room and I had this sort of heated conversation and I quit and um 
I walked out and I was shaking and I was really upset and you were standing there amongst my my crew <laughs> of peeps and <laughs> and I was sort of shell-shocked and shaking and I just looked at everyone and you were standing there looking at me with this quizzical look on your face and I said I quit and you you got this big huge beaming grin on your face and you walked up to me and you put your hand on my shoulders and you shook me and you said you didn't quit you fired a client and doesn't that feel great? And I was just like, I kind of had this light bulb moment. I went, yeah, I feel so relieved. Like, Look I at that reframe. Instantaneous, mm -hmm. instantaneous. And I took a deep breath and I went, got some water and took a break. And I sat down and did what I needed to do. And I like, I let go of it. And it was just so empowering. And I was so grateful to you for that. Um, you know, you were a little further ahead of me in the new business ownership game. So I kind of looked to you a little bit as a mentor. And and then later in the year when things got, you know, more tense and more chaotic and I just sort of hit that wall of I can't do this anymore. I remembered that and it was it made it so easy then in January. And I said, OK, this my year is going to be about saying no. It, you know, I feel like once it's hard at first to say no, but then when you have moments where you you've experienced it being a successful situation like the world didn't end mm -hmm. people didn't hate you you know you you still had money imagine the time creativity and focus that you freed up yeah. for great works that right. you were a good right. fit it for. wasn't a disaster to say no it actually empowered me to do what i really want to do and so so then the next time i wanted to say no it wasn't so hard and it was just it was just so helpful to be and so then I went through my year of 2019 and I was telling you and everyone else I, I know about the year of no, and you were rah, rah, encouraging me. And then we completed your website and we had a little celebratory cocktail hour at Christmas time at the end of 2019. And you said to me, so what's 2020 going to be about? You know, little did we know, but, um, and I said, I, 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 th I think I'm still figuring this out. I still think I need to work on saying no. And you just, your trademark grin came back out and you just said, no 2.0. <laughs> yes, that's it. No 2.0. <laughs> so it was really, really helpful to sort of, um, you know, I think women business owners and, and other just women in life in general, when we lift each other up, it's just so empowering and so helpful to kind of guide each other. That's why I wanted to do this podcast. And um, mm -hmm. so I just, you know, I wanted you to be part of this because you were really pivotal in me saying no. So I am so proud and honored that I was able to be a part and uh, and through, I guess I would say, just kind of us hanging out, right? Yeah. Just yeah. two girls yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. And, I, uh, <laughs> and now three well, girls And talk. I think yeah. that that's, what, that's what's so amazing about even just like podcasts or conversations that you're having with people. You don't truly know the impact that you're making on someone else. And so with this women inspiring women and women empowering women, for those of you listening, like if there is someone in your life that you do think about based on something so small that they did, like I would encourage you to tell that person because if we can create that yeah. ripple effect, like it would just be amazing. I couldn't agree with you more. So Gail, what's coming up for you? Uh, we've got a fun new event. For a client that we've had uh, that we've enjoyed for a number of years, um, but it's a new event for us to work on, not a new event for them. 
And uh, so for the American Heart Association, we're doing STEM Goes Red for Girls, which is going to be a, a part of a day uh, for girls to log on and they get to experience science, technology, engineering, mathematics. It's all still being developed. In the past, it's been a live event where school groups have basically been brought in. But I think what I love about it and why I'm probably thinking about it is that it's for girls. So by saying no to boys, it's not that they're saying, no, boys, you should not be in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. It's about creating an environment where we're saying yes to girls. Um, we're saying yes, like this can be for you too, you too. And I'm a bit of a geek at heart at the end of the day. So I just think that uh, it's really exciting to be able to be a part of helping to create this new version of this event for a client. That sounds amazing. So is this um, happening soon? Early December. Early December. Okay. So you're in the, yeah, you're in the thick so. of planning right now. We're in the thick of planning. We're also in the thick of schools figuring out what it looks like to be virtual. And so we're letting schools kind of figure out what does remote learning look like as we're continuing to modify the event design to best meet um, what they need. Because, you know, it wouldn't be a great event if you didn't think about the guest experience. Right. And in this case, the guest experience is the student experience um, as well as the teachers. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm excited about it, and uh, my team and I are uh, re-energized to be planning something new as opposed to pivoting an event that was going to be live into something new. This is like a new design for us, so it's just a lot of fun. Sounds exciting and creative and a lot of problem solving, which I know you do yeah, a lot of. a lot of solution yes, finding. yes. <laughs> And so people can find you at palmereventsolutions.com and on Instagram is Palmer Event Solutions. Um, we also have a Facebook page. I will say that we don't spend a lot of our time on social media because uh, we're spending a lot of our time planning great events. I <laughs> <laughs> can see some great visuals of some of the events you've done. And Absolutely. Um, and an amazing website, if I do oh, say I so myself. Yes, it's quite lovely. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, it was a lot of fun to do. And Gail, I'm just curious if you could leave one, like, words of wisdom, any advice, anything that you want the listeners to really take away from our time together, what would that be? I would just say that no's are not negative. No's make room for positive results. Love it. That's a good one. Well, Gail, thank you so much. I feel like we've we've uncorked some champagne or something. Our first guest. <laughs> so it was really, really exciting and fun to have you join us. And it was a really great conversation. And um, just thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Sarah. I look forward to listening to all of your episodes. Thank you. Thanks. Special thanks to Rihanna Carusis of Collective Reach on the Social Distance Happy Hour podcast, who inspired and challenged us to start this podcast and helped us produce our first episode. Thanks also to our family and friends for all their encouragement and support, and to you, our listeners, for joining us on this adventure. That's a Hard No is a joint production of Clever Girl Marketing 
and purposeful growth and wellness. Cover art and logo design by Angela Giacco of A Pink Sunset. You can find her at apinksunset.com. Music by G.G. Riggs. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. It is from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.